0: Welcome to the Teaching Ministry of Elevation Church. Today we'll hear from Lead Pastor Dave Carroll as he teaches the next message in our series, Next Steps. Let's join him now. I'm excited about this message today because we're going to talk about the number one place that God wants every believer to be at, but almost no one ever makes. How many of you have ever gone on a big hike before? I'm talking up a steep mountain. And uh, if you've gone on a hike, you know that uh, when you start going up the mountain, you have this emotional energy and it carries you through uh, the first hour, the first two hours. And then there's some skill required as you move up the mountain. You can tell the people who have never hiked before from the people who are expert climbers. And, you know, somewhere in the middle of the journey up to the top of a mountain, the skilled people continue to keep going. The people who are doing it uh, just as a hobby... Tend to say, Well, hey, this has been a good hike. And then they start walking back down the hill. But then there's this small group of people who are able to make it to the top of the mountain and stand up and raise their hands up high in victory and say, You know what? I paid the price. I've given everything I have. And now I get to experience all that this trip was worth. And in our walk with God, how few of us ever get to the top of the mountain in this life. We talk a lot about heaven and we all get to raise our hands in heaven because of the work of, of Jesus on the cross. But in this life, very few people stand on the top of the mountain of their faith and say, I understand it. It's more than a hobby. I've become skilled in my faith and now I've given everything to see God's kingdom advance. And that's what this message is about. I know that every single person in here is capable of doing what we talk about today. Why? Because we serve a big God. We serve a big God who can use you in your weaknesses, who can use you with all your junk, who can send you out to be effective in this world, Most Christians think that being effective in this world and advancing the gospel is somebody else's job. But today, I'm here to tell you, it's my job. Would you just uh, tap the neighbor beside you and say, it's my job. Now, recapping our series, the first week we talked about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. In fact, this is your first blank if you're taking notes You want to write that in just to refresh your mind and your heart about what we've been talking about. But a follower comes after Jesus. A follower comes after Jesus. We studied the first call of Jesus calling the disciples. He called their name and they started walking behind him. Last week, Pastor Fred brought a great message. And didn't Pastor Fred do such a great job? Aren't you blessed to have uh, Pastor Fred here? He gave a message called Walking in Step with Jesus. And there's a time where we stop walking behind Jesus to figure out what he's he's asking us to do. But we start doing the work of God hand in hand with Jesus. And we're right there having it modeled for us. This, today, I'm calling the season of the disciple, your next blank. A disciple learns from and obeys only Jesus. Only Jesus. Do you see what's happening? a follower starts to say, well, what is Jesus doing? A disciple says, you know what? I've seen all this world has to offer, and I want only Jesus. I will be involved in his church. I will love his church. I will serve his church. I will get to know people in his church, in groups. But a disciple says, is a person who says, I don't just learn from Jesus and then learn from my political stances, learn from my parents, learn from my upbringing, but a disciple says, at this point, it's only who? It's only Jesus. But then there's this third level. This third level. And it's a missionary. A missionary is sent out to share Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't save you to do one-third of the mission. He didn't save you to do two-thirds of the mission. He saved you to give your life away. And a missionary is someone who says, I will leave my life behind. Remember how when the disciples, back when we studied a few weeks ago, the disciples had to drop their nets and follow Jesus. Well, too many people, too many people are going back to their nets When they see what it takes to truly be a disciple of Jesus. We don't want to be a church that runs back to the nets. We don't want to be people who run back to our past. We don't want to be people who are informed only by our hurt. We want to be informed by the healer, our savior. Do you know what I'm saying? We want to be people who move forward as missionaries in this world. You know, I studied the success rate of the early church. Study the success rate of the early church for this message. Do you know that by Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 6, there were 8,000 believers. In Acts chapter 1, there were about 100, maybe 200 or 300 if you go up really high. So in a period of a few months, they had reached 8,000 people. In America, we put that church on a magazine, celebrate it, and then they start going back down. 8,000 people, by 300 A.D., 300 years later, the Roman Empire was 181 million people. And they estimate that 100 million people of the 181 million people were now believers. Isn't that incredible? That is remarkable. And it was because people took the identity that when They were saved. They were sent out. They were people who were on the move. They were on mission. And that's what this message is about. Look at Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 12. We're going to look at two passages of Scripture that were uh uh-oh moments for the disciples. See, the disciples got called by Jesus, and they got to walk with Jesus. But there were two specific times that Jesus said, hey, you've seen enough. Now, I'm I'm exiting out of the picture and you just got to do what you know how to do. Do what I've taught you to do. Do what you've learned to do. And Mark chapter 6 was one of the first instances of this kind of situation where the disciples went, whoa, wait, Jesus, you're not coming with us. And here's what happened. In Mark chapter 6, verse 7, And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two. He gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts. How would you like it today if Jesus walked in and said, don't go back home. You know what? The clothes you have, that's good for this week. That perfume you just sprayed on this morning, it'll last. It'll work. This is what happened to the disciples. As a matter of fact, you know what, the money in your wallet, why don't you just take it, set it on the ground, or go give it to somebody. I just need you to go. That's pretty radical, isn't it? This is what Jesus is asking, and if I was a disciple at this point, I would I would give the old uh, adage, what are you talking about, Willis? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Where I would look at Jesus and go, um, I think my nets look pretty good. I was, I was catching a few fish back there. Why don't I just walk on back? But verse 9 says, but they couldn't wear sandals and they couldn't put on two tunics, so take off the undershirt. He also said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, yes, staying with strangers, stay there till you depart from that place and whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah, who were vile—they looked like America today—in the day of judgment, than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. Let me repeat this verse. As a matter of fact, if you have a New King James Bible or a, or a Bible handed out, say it out loud. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Can you imagine Jesus asking you to lay it all on the floor and walk? And these guys had spent enough time with Jesus that they did just that. Jesus gave a command. And in this passage of scripture, you don't see many questions, do you? No, you don't see a lot of feedback going on. You don't see a lot of I'll pray about it going on. We know what what I'll pray about it really means. No way. I was about to say something else that had more emphasis, but that's not going to work. I'll give you a hint. Heaven, yes, then you, you got the other part. All right. So here in Mark, they're sent out. It's the first time where they're walking with Jesus and Jesus backs away. Now he's there, he sees them, he knows what's going to happen, but he backs away and they have to go do his work. They're sent out. And many of you, there are days where I would, would go back and start to walk with Jesus and say this is too radical. But here's a great truth you need to write down. And the disciples caught this that day. When I got saved, I got sent. When I got saved, I got sent. This is a radical statement. This is a radical statement in American culture because most people would fill in the blank a little differently. When I got saved, I get to sit. I get to sit and worship. I get to sit and learn. We've created a church culture in our city and in our country where the idea is that we love to be in front of preachers who throw darts and it's all about my life. And you know what, if I could just learn more, if I could get on the internet and hear more preaching and then I could evaluate and I can go to the place where it's good for me and I get fed. That is the culture that has enveloped the church. But can I tell you, Elevation Church cannot be such a place. You got saved so you could be sent. You didn't see Jesus standing there in Mark chapter 6, and he'd only known these guys a little while. Had to at least be less than a year at this point. You didn't see Jesus saying, well, if you get a little deeper in your theology, then you can go do this. No. Nope. You didn't see Jesus saying, well, guys, you know what? You're not doing it as well as I would do it, so why don't you hold off and, and let, why don't we hire somebody to do it all? That's not what happened here. God has called his children to be the feeders. He's called all of us to be the feeders. There's a question that haunts me to this day. As a matter of fact, it's the reason at its very basic Element. It's the reason why I stand in Billings, Montana. Here's the question. You may want to write this question down. If the early church, if the early church reached people at the rate I do, would I even be reached today in 2015? Think about this. If the early church reached people at the rate I do, at the rate I reach people, in 2015, would I even get the privilege of hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Think about that for a second. I know that's a challenging question, but it's what drives people to be sent out because here's the realization I've come to in my life. If the early church acted like I do sometimes and acts like 99% of the churches in America, if the early church did that, we would all be headed to hell. Isn't that a hard reality? That's a hard reality. That's why our church has to be, has to be a sent group of people who are on mission, Every day, that's why we talk about living in obedience so that you have the the confidence in your life to go out and share your faith at work, to help a homeless person, to reach into the life of someone who's hurting, to go out and see people who are sick in this life and see them find the joy of Jesus Christ, just like you and I. That's why we add two services. That's why hopefully we get to add 10 services and 10 campuses and see 1,000 people. Why? So that we can be big and bad? no. Because we're sent, because we're sent, we need to adopt this attitude. And and here's a question that begins to pop up in our minds. I know, uh, a lot of times people hear a message like this and say, okay, I get it, I get it. I need to be sent, but I just don't see myself getting there anytime soon, Dave. Jesus didn't give a lot of time to his disciples, did he? Could you imagine going from a fisherman to a preacher in one year? A fisherman to a preacher in one year. Most people say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get there. And so the question is, how do I get there? How can I do it? Because if a church is going to become sent, it's individuals who make up the church who must each take up the mantle of being sent. It starts with you. It starts with me. And here is the answer. How do I get there? How did the disciples get to the place where they could be sent in Mark chapter 6? Here's the truth. Sent people become sent people by reaching beyond themselves every day. ask you a question. When's the last time you reached beyond yourself? When's When's the last time you woke up in the day was not about you, where you had eyes to see people who were hurting. You had eyes to give to people who needed things. You see, I, it's my heart for Elevation Church that we become a group of sent people who reach beyond ourselves. You know, I could see the day, and, and envision this with me. What about the day where there's a hundred small groups meeting from Elevation Church and they're all sent, and all of the groups are looking with eyes each and every week at this city saying, how can we impact this city? And there's a small group that goes and helps the school clean up, and we don't even know about it. We don't even have to report on it all the time. It's because it's our lifestyle. What about a group of people who would look and say, hey, we know that there are needy people who are homeless. Why don't we go and reach out to them? What about... People who say, you know what? God might be leading us to move to a different city. I could see this out of a small group. Go to a different city and start a brand new work to reach people at the rate the New Testament church reached so that people can see heaven and not hell. That's the kind of church we need to be. Is that the kind of church you want to be a part of? Because that's the kind of church that Jesus wants. That's the kind of church that Jesus wants. Not people who are saying, how can I be comfortable? But how can I contribute? That is what Jesus wants. And so here are four ways to reach beyond yourself. I didn't make them blanks, but I want you to to just take some notes and write up. These are some ways that you can be impacted, uh, or that you can impact the world, rather, today. Number one, these are the last three parts of our next steps. I've separated two of them out because one is so important it deserves its own for the message. But number one is care for people. Care for people. Let me ask you, when's the last time you brought a meal to someone who is in the hospital? When is the last time that you've given a phone call to encourage someone who is hurting and that we don't need a program for it because it's because we know we're sent? When is the last time that maybe you and your small group decided to take up a, a cause and to care for a cause and maybe to help a group like Levy, right? To care for people. When's the last time you've made a friend here at Elevation whom you care for enough to call and encourage spiritually, encourage in life, and, and to be known and to quit the animity? that we come into church with to to leave it to the side and become known and know people and care for them. Number two, pray for people. Pray for people. In fact, on your Next Steps card, if you want to be a part of an email prayer chain at our church, just write on your Next Steps card in a prayer request, write prayer chain and make sure to fill out your name and and email. And uh, and we can be involved in praying for people. Do you know, uh, we need to become... A better praying church and that starts with me and it will uh, it it will go out to you but I could tell over the next 12 months God is going to require us to be a praying church how many of you know that prayer really works that Jesus answers prayers on his timing with his resources and he gives the best possible answer every time even when it's a non-answer prayer works it accomplishes what God wants accomplished in our life I I hope that we become the kind of church where there are people uh, in this room during service covering the entire service time, two services time, three services time, with prayer, asking the Spirit of God to come and move in a mighty way. Here's a third way that you can reach beyond yourself. Add people to God's kingdom. This is why we give you the invite card on the seat every week. So that you can go, no matter where you are in life, you may be as messed up as they come. But you might also be God's instrument of seeing someone come to faith in Christ. Some of us have been in Christ a long time. And the area that's deficient is in sharing our faith and seeing other disciples made like the Great Commission says. Um, Let me give you a couple places that we can begin to pray for and we, be, we can begin to, uh, to look at. Number one, do you know that we support two church plants here in Montana? We've supported other church plants uh, here and there, but we've tried to stay by the side of two, and that's in Red Lodge Church of the Rockies, and then in Bozeman, we support Bedrock Church. Michael Tyson even came up here, and Lee came up, but many of you were not here almost two years ago. Can I tell you that in Red Lodge on Easter, they had 62 people come, come to church that day. Isn't that a, an awesome thing? Because we were willing to not be about ourselves. Uh, Bozeman uh, and Bedrock Church, I haven't reported this to you yet, they launched with 105 people on their first Sunday public. Can we praise the Lord for that? We need to be a church that gets trips Uh, together to go help these churches. Uh, Hey, one of the coolest things is that in Red Lodge, they bought the Old Round Barn. Uh, It's the first building. It's a big round barn. It's just like it sounds. When you go into Bozeman, it's right there, and they're hoping this summer to have worship services. I would love to send a group of people. If you're interested in Missions for Church Plant, just write that on your Next Steps card. It will work. Hey, we have a mission trip this summer that you can join in with, not from our church, but from um, our network of churches in Montana, that is going to Peru. It, now it costs about 3500 bucks, but you can go out to the Next Steps table. God wants us on mission, but it may be that you just need to walk across the room at work and share your faith because sent people become sent people by reaching beyond themselves. How often? Every day. Every day. Here's the last way you can reach beyond yourself. Resource God's kingdom. I'm extremely encouraged to tell you (coughs) that when Pastor Fred and I sat down for the budget for 2015 of Elevation Church, we looked at we looked at the budget and went, Gulp, God, you have to show up. We needed sixteen thousand dollars a month average. even break even, including the outside partnership money. And Pastor Fred and I looked at each other and said, we're just going to have to trust God maybe through August, September, October of 2015. Can I tell you that in 2015, we have never had a month less than $16,000. And that's because God's people are resourcing God's kingdom and, and I want to say thank you for doing that, but it doesn't stop there. We need to become the most generous people in this city. Hopefully Elevation Church will become known as the most generous people in this city. You know that our tips are legitimate, right? That when we see someone in need, it's not, well, go find somebody. It's God, here I am. Send me right now, even if it hurts, that we'll sacrifice to reach beyond ourselves every day. That is what God is calling us to. So here is a question that you don't have to answer now, but I want you to spend this day, this week, answering. Here it is. Where do you need to begin reaching beyond yourself? Where? I don't know where it is. But where have you been selfish? Have you been selfish in your money? Maybe it's time take your hands off to open the hand. Have you been selfish about your time? Maybe you need to sign up for a mission trip as they become available. Have you been selfish only staying in your house, being a homebody? Maybe you need to get out and care for someone, care for a friend. I don't know their name, but you do. Where do you need to begin reaching beyond yourself? Because this is how sent people become sent. Now flip over to Acts chapter 1. There was a second time that Jesus backed out of the way. But this time, they were so convinced and so confident that they needed an angel to come talk to them. (laughs) Because this was radical. The first time, Jesus just backed away and said, hey guys, I'll meet you around the corner when you're done with this job, and we'll talk about it. But not this time. And you and I are living in this time. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, here's what it says. This is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. This is back in John chapter 15, that he would send the Holy Spirit. It says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses uh, to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now check this out. They're going, Jesus, you're leaving. You're taking off. This is what they're thinking. And he says, Now after he had spoken these things, while they were watching, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. This is called in scripture the ascension of Jesus. And while they looked up steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into the heaven? In other words, why are you doing what? Nothing. Why are you doing nothing? Why are you standing there? You've learned to be sent. Why are you standing? This is the same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. (coughs) The question is, how do I get there? Well, reaching beyond yourself every day. But here's another question that we ask. Well, if I'm sent, if I truly give my life away, how will I have enough for myself? And here's the statement. Sent people get stuff from God. Other people simply don't get. Sent people get stuff from God. Other people simply never see. They never get it. Amy Carroll is an awesome example of this. Growing up, my grandparents... Would send me exactly one dollar and a birthday card for my birthday every year. And you know how you know how it is? You're very appreciative, and my grandma is a fantastic lady. She has her finances down to the red cent. And so she knows exactly how much she can give for everyone's birthday and her entire family. I got a dollar going all the way up. Well, this all changed at Amy's graduation. My grandparents love Amy. They love her. As a matter of fact, when I told them that I was going to be engaged to Amy, they said, boy, you've done yourself right. She is the best girl we've ever met. And I thought, wow, that's great. And I thought they—I knew they liked them at that point, but then I found out they really liked them. She graduated college, and in the card was $50. And I'm thinking, I think I have about 30 more years of birthdays. To get fifty dollars, and if that wasn't enough, a couple weeks later, she got another graduation card from my grandparents with fifty dollars. And I'm thinking, this is going to take this is a lifetime of birthdays. What's going on here? And we went back and saw my grandparents, and and we were honest with them because we thought, well, maybe you forgot that you sent the first card and you sent a second card. And my grandpa goes, no. The first one was from her. That's my grandma. He goes, that second one, that was from me. We love that, we love that girl. <laughs> you see, incent people have a similar type of relationship with God. Where God looks down at people who are giving their life away, who live life on mission, who go out and advance the kingdom every day, who reach beyond themselves. God looks down at those people and, and he says, hmm, Yeah, I can help that person. I want to give you three Ps where he helps you. Write these down. Provision. Provision. Protection. Provision. Protection. And people. And people. You see, some people say... I don't have the money to do what God wants me to do, to live a sent life. God will provide there. Some people say, God, if I go and I live my life for you, I'll get get fired. My boss won't like that. God will offer protection. And some of you might say, but God, my relationships, my relationships will tank if I go out. He will provide people for you. He will provide because that's what he does. You see, all the excuses we have to reach beyond ourselves, we never find the answer until we take the first step. God is asking you to step out, and then He will provide. How many of you want to know God's provision in your life? And here's the next thing that happens. Even better than those first three. Do you know that sent people, even if money never comes, even if friendships and relationships never come, even if you are injured and and something happens to your health or to your family and you don't get the protection, here's the biggest P of all that God provides to sent people. This is the stuff He provides His presence. And there is nothing better than knowing the presence of God in your life. And see, What God is trying to provide you, hear this, is spiritual. Here are two ways, when we look at the scripture in Acts 1, that God provided that the disciples had to come to understand as they were sent out. Number one is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You have that in your notes. Um, I want to teach you a little bit about what we believe here, with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Some people believe you're baptized Uh, By the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit dips you in something, and that's not it. It's kind of like water. When you're baptized, you're baptized in water, right? Well, you're also baptized in the Holy Spirit. And here in Acts, this is the fifth time that baptism of the Holy Spirit was mentioned. I'm going to take the mystique out of it for you. And it was always an event that was talked about in the future. It would happen. Where did it happen? In Acts chapter 2, at where? Pentecost, where 3,000 people came to know Jesus. And, and then the Gentiles had the same thing happen, and here's where it happens today. Get this, because God has provided you with it. You may want to underline this in your notes. It's a one-time event that now applies at individual salvation. When you genuinely came to know Jesus Christ, the Bible, the Bible says you were baptized with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit there, by Jesus. And here's what it empowers you to do. It empowers you to serve. That's what happened. And here's the second thing that was given. The ascension of Jesus. It validated the deity of Christ when he went up because he sat at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Anybody else know anybody who's done that before? Sat at the right hand of the throne of the Father? Jesus did. Why? Because he's truly God. Tap somebody and say Jesus is God. He is. And when he ascended, here's what happened. The Holy Spirit came down And he gave gifts. Do you know that if you're a believer, God has already provided for you the things that you need to do the things he's called you to do? Do you get that? When you have the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13, sealed on your heart, you have all the spiritual gifts that you will ever need to be a sent person. But here's why most people never, never get them or understand them. They have them, but they never know they have them. It's because they don't take the first step. They want to be comfortable. They want to be people who are stuck instead of sent. And so here's the last question. How will I overcome the obstacles how will I overcome the obstacles? Dave, I want to be a sent person. I want to help Elevation Church become a sent church, a culture of people who are looking out, who will do whatever it takes, who will do whatever it takes to match the early church, seeing going from 8,000 to a million in 300 years. I want to be that kind of person, but I have a lot of junk in my life. Anybody have junk in their life? Here's the answer. The sent life is where we find victory over the sin life. The sin life is where we find victory over the sin life. You see, I think the greatest problem with all of us as a group of people is that we're advancing the ball the wrong way. Have you ever seen an eight-year-old football game? (laughs) I remember watching one one time where this little eight-year-old boy made the, the play of the day. The ball came up in the air. He ran. He intercepted the ball and proceeded to run the wrong direction. He went to the end zone, he spiked the ball down, did his dance, right? He did his dance, woo, and the whole team, oh no. The parents, you could see, are looking on in horror. No, the other way, the other way, the other way, but we're advancing our sin life. We're going the wrong way. We need to stop advancing our alcoholism. We need to stop advancing our anger. We need to stop advancing our divorce. We need to stop advancing pornography with 40 million people a day in America watching pornography. That's one out of five. We need to stop advancing the ball the wrong way because the sin life is where you find victory over the sin life. I know that scores of people show up at church every week to answer this one question, how can I stop doing what I hate doing and what's messing me up? The answer is in your action for Christ. You see, you can't do anything to get saved, but when you got saved, you got what? Sent. You got sent. And when you're sent, sin begins to disappear because now you have a new place to give your life to, to pour it all out. That's what's happening. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 35. He said, whoever would save his life will lose it if you advance the ball towards sin you will lose your life because you'll get what you want this earth and you won't get it in eternity but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it elevation can we be a church that advances the ball the right direction can we be can we be a group of people that are contagious and see the gospel go forward? And I know that when people, say, people stop and think about it this way, they go, but if I go, I wonder what's going to happen to my life. I wonder what's going to happen if I go all in in this thing called faith in Christ. What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my work? What's going to happen to my 401K? What's going to happen? Can I tell you this? The same God who found you in your sin for salvation is the same God in Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Look at it. It says, Will so come in a manner as you saw him go to heaven. He's the same God who will come back for you. It's called the second coming. And when he comes back, do you think that he is not good enough to find you? You can lose yourself in this life. You can go all in for Christ. Do you know that I believe that God is going to call people in this room right now and people who will come in this room in years to come, he will call you to give it all up to become a pastor. He will call you to give it all up to become a missionary. He will call you to do crazy things Like to go to a different city in Montana to see the gospel advance. He will call you to take a different job so you can prioritize your time, so your family can be stable enough, so that you can advance the gospel. This is what Jesus will do for sent people. Do you get it? Do you get it? God will find you if you lose your life after salvation, at his second coming, the same way he found you At salvation, we're sent out to share Jesus. I'd like to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes for a second as we come to a time of response. Here's what I want to ask today. Maybe today you realized when you heard the statement, when you got saved, you got sent. And you say, well, I can't be sent because, well, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I've begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've never met Jesus in that way. And today you want to be a person who has something to live for, a passion and a mission and you know that you would like to give your life to Jesus for the first time today and begin a relationship with him, if that's you, would you raise your hand today? Just right there where you're seated. Is there anybody in here that would say, today, I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Please take a few moments to respond to today's message. If you have any questions or you have made any decisions, email us nextsteps at elevationbillings.com. To find out more about our church, visit elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.